Welcome to Passion Groove. This is a podcast for all you football and music lovers out there. Enough about us, I'm more concerned about you. You've got this far and you're still sat there doing nothing. Come on, get yourself involved. This podcast is sponsored by Beer52. There's a whole world of craft beer to be discovered out there and the team at Beer52 are helping you to taste them all with their monthly subscription. This subscription allows you to choose from a box of all light beers or a mixed style box. This also includes a tasty snack and their famous ferment magazine. All the lads here at Pass and Groove have a subscription with Beer52 and would highly recommend you all to join the adventure into unique craft beers, which also includes some exclusive beers that you can only find at Beer52. To subscribe and for more information, click the link in the podcast description. Cheers, Groovers. Right, okay. So we're back on the airwaves again with another Passing Groove podcast. Unfortunately, we're without Con tonight, um, so I'm joined just by Hodge. How are you, mate? Hi, big man. You okay? I'm not too bad. And we've got another special guest on. Uh, we've got another local player who made her way through the Everton Academy uh, all the way to the first team, made a debut at 18, uh, moved on to Leicester now, represented England as well. We've got Kirsty Lavelle. How are you, Kirsty? I'm great. Nice to join you. No worries. Yeah, Thank you very much for coming, for coming on. on. Absolute pleasure. <clears throat> yeah, so what we'll do, we'll start off how we do with, with every guest. Um, how did you get into football? Um, so basically, uh, I was the sporty one of my three siblings. Uh, my dad took me to the park and kind of decided I was going to be the footballer of the family. Um, and he sort of like, I, I started out as a striker, so it was mainly just like shooting in goals and stuff. And some man came over and just said, like, look, we, I run a lads team. Do you want to come down? Maybe, you know, get down there. So I went along. I enjoyed it. Um, and then one week in a football game. Um, sorry about that. One week in a football game. Um, one of the lads went down injured and they didn't have a goalkeeper. So I said, yeah, look, I'll go in goal, whatever. So I enjoyed it. Stayed in goal at the end. And um, from the, then on, that's how I started my goalkeeping career sort of thing. That's a battle to that. Like even before before that, did you ever have a feeling that like you know when you were training with your dad and that? Did you ever even yeah. consider going in goal? Um, to be honest, when I used to play out of the lads in the street and stuff, I'd always go in goal. I hated running. I was I'm still to this day like I hate running. So I think for me it was kind of the the sort of easy way out. But then obviously as I've got older, I've realised goalkeeping's not as easy as I thought. But at the same time, I'd still much rather play in goal than be doing all the fit drills and all that type of stuff now yeah reminds me of you that <laughs> yeah I don't know mate so I, I try and play outfield and I can't even do the fitness so, uh, <laughs> right so yeah so obviously you say there you, you went and joined the team what, what was that like you know your first experience of just sort of playing like sort of match football how was that um, to be honest, I loved it. I think there was no pressure. I was the only girl playing it in the lads' league at the time. Um, it was Peninsula Stars over in Wallasey. So, um, for me, I was local. It was easy to get to. Um, and I think anything that I'd done well, the lads sort of appreciated. So, I felt like I didn't have much pressure on me. Um, and then from there, I went on to 
play for a girls team. So we used to play over in Liverpool on the Saturday, lads on the Sunday. And then you get to the age of 14 and I've stopped playing for the lads, which to be honest, I was gutted about because, uh, yeah, that's probably my first experience, but my favourite experience of the team to play for, yeah. Yeah, but so you know you you're playing for sort of playing for the both teams. Are you ever are you ever looking even at a young age that you that you sort of did it ever cross your mind that it was going to be a big career for you and you'd ever get to sort of where you are now? Not at all. Like it's it's quite strange that isn't it? Because I don't think people realise that the pathway is there for me and people like my dad. We were just doing it for the fun of it and sort of as a hobby. And um, yeah, when it when it come round that it's actually a job and seeing a few of the women and stuff on television I was a bit like well I'd love to go down that path but then I obviously looked at other things such as like the money involved and situations like that I used to think well, I'll have to work as well won't I and and then play football how would it all work but it's sort of like panned out well hasn't it yeah yeah not half yeah. um so I mean I, I read somewhere I don't know what you correct me if I'm wrong here did you get approached like at sort of when you started playing footy by Liverpool and Everton yeah, so um, what it was, I played for a team called Mersey Girls. They were originally um, an old Everton setup, so they had a few of the girls there that had been in the academy before, and then they parted with the Everton academy side of things. And then their manager sort of said to me, "Look, uh, maybe like this, it's time now, so you know, go and have a look at it if you want to go to an academy, whatnot." And then my dad was still a bit like, "Just do what you're enjoying, um, carry on, whatever." And then there was a scout there one week and he said to me, like, do I want to go for trials at Everton? And then another another game, there was a guy there. There was a lot of scouts at young ages and that sort of thing. So there was another one for Liverpool. And I ended up going to both of them. Um, I got into both. But for me, I support Liverpool. So in my head, I did want to play for Liverpool and be a Liverpool player. But at the same time, the Everton set up, it was amazing. And... It just, I think it only took me two trials there and I just knew that was the place I really wanted to settle, yeah. <clears throat> we asked sort of all, all the players that we've had on, you know, going in, like, into a sort of like an academy setup, especially with clubs like Liverpool and Everton. Yeah. Are you sort of, are the teams look like, is there a lot of sort of pressure on you or are you sort of like welcome straight away, even at a young age? Or is there, are the other players sort of looking at you thinking, you know, you're coming in trying to take my spot type of thing? Yeah, I always felt a bit like that. I always felt a bit like, as a goalkeeper, there was uh, there must have been about nine to ten goalkeepers trialling. And obviously, they retrial the ones who were their original goalkeepers. So it was a bit intimidating at first. It did feel a bit like, I don't know, I mean, in, in, in the nicest way possible, it felt a bit like they were looking down at you from a very young age. I suppose that put me off a little bit going to an academy. Um, and, I, and I know that I put it off for a good few years. And then it wasn't until about two years later and then, went back to Everton and settled there. But for me, Everton just had a friendly environment and they were the most welcoming. Um, and I think just the, the players in general, like you want to be in an environment where you can be yourself and not feel like people are trying to intimidate you. So yeah, that, that's why I chose that. Yeah, you know what? It, it makes sort of a lot of sense there. You know, you said that you obviously give it a few years before you then went back to the academy setup. Is that something yeah. that you think Potentially, if you'd have gone straight in, it could have sort of just got. I know it's all hypothetical, but it's yeah. sort of the case that it could have got like you might have lost your enjoyment and that. That that's what I look back at and think. I think I don't regret putting it off for the two years or however long I did, but I also think it was the right decision just to keep enjoying me football and not be putting pressure on myself at a young age. Like you say, there 
I think a lot of young kids do now fall out of love with football just because of the pressures. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I feel like I made the right decision in that sense, yeah. Yes, I mean, brilliant, yeah. And it's obviously <laughs> turned out to be the right one as well. So, you've gone to Everton then after that two years. What was sort of the standard from, like you say, you played for that your Mercy Girls team, which by the sounds of it, again, a high standard. Was there? Could you tell a step up when you went then to Everton, like with this, the standard and the chaining and all that? Yeah, definitely. It was more, um, it, it just felt so much more intense, but in a good way. I think they, they pushed the players a lot more because they knew that they're the type of coaches that want to see you playing for England one day and, and say, I got her there or I got him there. So to be honest, yeah, um, I, I enjoyed that kind of pressure. And I think that the physicality of all the girls and stuff that you're playing with, you were you were up against much bigger centre-backs or um, forwards, powerful. So you could definitely see the difference, yeah. And again, like uh, Hodge will know this, but every player that we has to have gone into academy, sometimes, you know, it, it sounds like a bit of a stupid question, but when you first sign, are you given like a long-term contract or do you play like year to year? If that makes yeah. sense? like Yeah, get you. Yeah. Um, for us, it was always a year to year, but there was one time. Um, I think it was so. I think it's about under 15s to under 17s. You get if you, if you get in that year, I think you're like you are guaranteed to stay for two years. I think the older you get, so the younger you are, the left the shorter your contract. But the older you get, I think they realise whether they want to keep you or not, and it, it ranges from players as you get older. Then and then obviously they can keep you and stuff like that. Yeah. How, how do you sort it? How do you sort of cope with that kind of mentality from, you know, from sort of going from enjoying your football all the time and not really worrying about that to all of a sudden yeah. you're playing constantly for your place in the team in the next season? Um, I, I get what you're saying there because, to be honest, again, that's another thing that I suppose can put you off. Um, but I think I, I think I was just quite a strong, I had quite a strong mentality as a kid and I didn't think too much into it. Like you say, I didn't know I was fully going to get a career out of this until mm. I did get a bit older. So for me, I, I could say I was going along with, with whatever was just happening and hoping that I, I would progress. And luckily I did, I suppose. But for mm. kids out there now, um, I'm sure they'll push themselves much harder than what I did at the very beginning. And then, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, so how was them first few years then at Everton? Could you did, did sort of did you get off to a flyer or was it difficult to adjust? It's really enjoyable, but for me, the the one thing that stuck out as a goalkeeper, um, there was a lot of ins and outs of goalie coaches. So for me, um, you you tend to create this sort of what we call it the goalkeeper union, don't we? As you say, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, as cliche as it sounds, but I mean, it was it was always hard to find that because they were always readjusting the goalkeepers bringing new ones in or different trials it's as if you found the goalkeeper you wanted to work with and then all of a sudden they've moved on to Liverpool and you're getting a new goalkeeper in and I think you just have to keep restarting the cycle again yeah 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 so is that sort of the same with like as a goalkeeper you've got like a solid you know depending on what formation you play you've got like a solid back four of defenders but that yeah. ever make a difference if you know you like as a keeper personally if that was if they were chopping and changing in front of you, did that ever make a difference to like your form or your getting used to certain players? Definitely get used to certain players playing in front of you, and I think you build a connection. Like there's times, isn't there, where you're hesitant who's going for the ball, sort of thing. But you just have this little thing with maybe centre backs mainly. I think that's meant to be the best partnership, a little the trio of them two and myself. But 
I don't know. I think you should. I think they're the people that you should understand the most on the pitch. So when they are being changed, that does affect your game and uh, just mainly your decision making. Yeah. So, so as you're sort of going through the the, the year groups at Everton, mm-hmm. was there ever sort of a, a, a time or any times when you were younger that you were sort of sent to train with the first team or anything like that? Was it ever sort of something that your coach pulled you aside and said, you know, the first team are looking at you to go mm-hmm. up there? Um, so there was a, uh, the main goalkeeper was called Rach Brown, who's now a pundit on like BBC and Sky Sports and stuff. Um, she was in and out of injury. She was their number one and they had a number two goalkeeper as well, who was um, from New Zealand. So um, there was times where they would literally have no keepers or one keeper. And I remember getting asked to go. And to be honest, I got that nervous. Like one day I was in school and I said to my dad, like, can we say I'm ill or like I'm sick or something? I really, I was so nervous. I like, I just wasn't ready for it. And I think that day in school, I think I'd eat like a chippy or something. And I thought, I can't go here. I'm not ready. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I wasn't like, I think I was about 17 at the time that they had me training with them. And it was just, it felt too intense for me. But then as soon as I got there and people are sort of like more welcoming to you, yeah, uh, you kind of warm to it and yeah, you enjoy it a lot more. Yeah. I mean, again, sort of with the same question as, as when you joined with the trial and, are you as a sort of a young player? Are you welcomed by the first team players, or are you sort of like they're sort of there for you to learn off, or are they looking at you as competition? Do you know the other two keepers that you have yeah. there with you? I think sometimes um, you they are really welcoming most of them, but then you get some that think they can kind of speak to you how they want because they're older, experienced. But I think you've just kind of got to set your ground as soon as you're there. Like, look, I'm not someone that you can just speak to like piece of crap, really. Like, just because I'm younger doesn't mean nothing. Um, But I think you get people who are scared and will just keep taking it and taking it and then they finally, like, blow and then it's like, you know what I mean? So, Mm. um, yeah, I think it's just about setting who you are as soon as you're in that environment. Yeah, of of course. Now, obviously, you you touched on there, you're obviously going up to the first team as a 17-year-old. At the same time, I read that you sort of you, you went to sort of then go and represent England. Was that the yeah. earliest age that you represented them at under seventeen, or did you join the well, setup a bit earlier? Um, I was with them at under fifteens levels all the way up to about under twenty threes. Um, but when when represented, I think we we might have played one game. I think under fifteens be like Holland. It might have just been a friendly. Um, but then under seventeens, that was our main Euros, we played the Euro qualifiers, got knocked out to Italy on penalties. That was a bit of a devastating day. Um, yeah. 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 Must have been... How? Go on. Go on. Go on. No, go on, mate, go on. Must have been uh, some experience, though, actually representing England. And even if you did get, get beat, you know, how was that for you? Um, I'm obviously... It was a penalty shootout, so a save one. So, you know, I'm still made up to this day. But <laughs> at the same time, we'd have gone to Costa Rica in a World Cup. So yeah. it's kind of like a, an experience that has kind of gone. But at the same time, we took loads of positives from it. We all got to stay at St. George's Park when it was like first built sort of thing as a team. Yeah. Um, and it was nice because we got family visits and we just looked after, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, uh, any time going to England camps is always... A great experience. So yeah. How do the uh, England camps sort of like the facilities and obviously it's St George's Park and it's it's good, yeah. but like the coaches and the setups. How would that compare to to when you go back to to Everton? Um, I, so at Everton, 
we had a really good facilities. We trained at Finch Farm where the men are. So for mm-hmm. me, it was kind of like, um, it was kind of very similar. But for, I know for a lot of other girls, they were playing for teams like Hull City and um, they weren't even in the WSL one at the time. So, I mean, for them, that was an even bigger thing, yeah. getting to go on them camps and use the facilities, yeah. How does the um how does the England call get sort of um how, how do you find out that you're playing for England because you know like sort of what I could imagine is you get like a like a, a letter through the post or something but yeah. do you sort of do, you, do you, does does it get told through the club or does do you get a call off someone like personally to say to you know be, you get you've been invited you're not far off to be honest it's an email so um. You get an email and it says on it, like, congratulations being selected. And then it, it, there's an itinerary and that shows you all the other players who were selected. Um, and your club also tells you and kind of, like, congratulate you and stuff. So, I mean, yeah, that, that that's the easiest way to do it, isn't it? I suppose email. Yeah. And yeah. When, when you're going down there again, I feel like I am asking the same question, but are you going down there, like, in competition, obviously, because you want to mm-hmm. sort of stake your claim. Is it like a overly competitive not overly competitive but yeah. very competitive down there or is it like a proper sort of team spirit in the camp no it's a bit it, it's a, there's a team spirit but it's very competitive in terms of like you they say to get turn up at half nine to a meeting you've got people standing outside the meeting room like 15 minutes early because they want to be like oh I, you know what I mean like I'm the <laughs> yeah, yeah. sort of thing and then you're all competing and then on the pitch, it's it's very similar. Um, they want to be the one scoring or like myself saving the most, and just kind of getting in like the goalkeepers and coaches' eye line of I want to be playing sort of thing, and I want to be continuing to get picked for this team. Yeah. Did you have any other players from Everton come down with you at the time, or were you on on your own? Um, younger age groups. I had um a girl called Zoe Tynan and, and Gabby George and. Now to this day, Gabby George is in the England seniors. Um, so she kind of came with me on a lot of me journey. But there's two girls as well in the England team now, the first team who I was very close with, one from Man City and one from Arsenal. So it was nice to have that group of friends that you you knew would always be on camp with you. And it kind of just felt comforting. So you could you could express yourself properly. Yeah. Was it ever was it ever sort of overwhelming? Because like when you when you sort of look at it bluntly, you're all there because you're the best at your age in the yeah, whole country. Yeah. Did it ever get overwhelming or like to know and the pressure gets a bit too much, or does everyone sort of and yourself take it in their stride? Um, I think the younger you are, um, it, it just felt like, oh wow, is this like actually happening? And um, it is overwhelming. But the older you get, I think you start putting more pressure on yourself because you know you're you're closing that bridge between that age group and the seniors now. So you start being a bit more uh, like stricter on yourself. And then when you don't get selected, I mean, that can be very disheartening. And then you start looking at yourself thinking like, am I even good enough to take the next step and things like that. So it, it's a bit of a mental game, isn't it? Sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so then again, back, back to Everton. Um, you, am I correct to say sort of you made your debut age eighteen? Is that right? Yeah, yeah. What what was what was that like? You know, your first sort of competitive senior football. Um, I think because I've been at Everton since I was, I think twelve. I think I was just raring to get a debut. I, I kind of just wanted my name on the shirt, but you know, to actually like just put it out there to say I've played for the seniors now, and mm. yeah, it was amazing. I think I, I took the whole family down that day and. I think it was 
it might have been Veed Durham, uh, I think it was, but it didn't matter who it was against to me. I just wanted to get my debut, yeah. Yeah, good, yeah. P- pretty uh, pretty incredible, especially at a young age. And just before I forget, me and Hodge were just discussing this. Actually, I was, I was reading, I saw a picture of you playing uh, in the, the FA Women's Youth Cup uh, at Stadium yeah. MK against Liverpool. What was that yeah. like as an experience? You know, it's, I, did, you, did you play throughout sort of the cup run? Uh, yeah, so I think, first of all, that was our first time playing in like a major stadium. Um, mm. And the other exciting thing was that the team on after us was Everton's senior team. Um, they had a final as well, so they watched our game, which was really exciting. And to be honest, a lot of us just wanted to impress them. Uh, I think we forgot about the game. We just wanted to let know the manager, you know, say that we're playing well. Um, but yeah, that was a good experience. We had a good cup run. Um, and younger age groups, Everton, we were such a family. Like, you know, you know when the parents are all like, the parents love the day out more than most of us. So it was, it was that type of environment, yeah. It was great. What was that like playing in such like a, a massive stadium as a keeper? Sort of, I suppose sometimes if you if you're not concentrating, you can get sort of overwhelmed by the yeah. by sort of where you are. Is it hard to always, especially in an occasion like that, to keep your concentration the whole time? I think I've just got yeah. I mean, with my concentration, I look through the crowd sometimes. Like I try and find my dad or something like that in games where I maybe not got so much going on. But um, yeah, I think for me, I, I need to have good concentration to try to stay switched on for things like that. But yeah, when when there's loads of fans and stuff like that, you are a bit like this is crazy, and that's when again you, you realize it can be a career. So yeah, yeah, definitely. Um. Again, so back back to sort of the senior get getting into the first team. That mm-hmm. sort of debut as sort of a young, a, a, you know, a young player. Are the first team sort of? Do you ever feel like they're sort of looking looking out for you during the games? You know, if someone steps on your toes at a corner or something like that. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, we had a really ex- um, experienced centre back in there at one point, and. She was kind of just like talking me through my game, even though I wanted to do my own stuff. I think I respected her that much that I kind of just wanted to play who she told me to play to at one point. And then obviously that's just a young age sort of thing. But um, it was just nice to come off and um, them sort of like say in front of everyone, look like Kirsty's played well today. And, you know, you, you just feel quite important to that team then. And it's, it's just a nice feeling, yeah. yeah. It must be quite a sort of learning curve, you know, even though if you're training with them every day with the first team, actually stepping out onto the pitch with them and, you know, being, you know, in the mix in a proper game, that must, you know, you must come off thinking I've learnt so much more than I would do just off a training session. Yeah, definitely. And you get a sense of like, you feel like they believe in you. So Mm. that's nice. And you actually get to show them that you're not only doing okay in training, but you can also sort of be their goalkeeper for the future. That was Mm. a nice feeling. Was it ever daunting, especially when you first went into the senior setup? You know, if you had to sort of um, dish out, like a, you know, dish out a bit of a talent off to a centre half or someone, was it yeah. ever daunting knowing that, you know, they might be a couple of years older than you or, you know, as a young player? I think the thing that really helped is the fact that because I'm from Birkenhead and the, most of the team was like scouts back then, it was sort of like, I don't know, it's like, you just have that natural connection sort of thing. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm, I'm, I was quite a loud kid anyway. They knew that off the pitch. So I think it would be strange to them if I wasn't, like, giving them what they need to know on the pitch. 
but there was defu times I, I held back a little bit I was like oh I'll probably get a, like a, a kicking off back here and I just couldn't be bothered with it during the game <laughs> I knew which players to say stuff to and which not like um but yeah that's how it went you picked on the ones that wouldn't shout back you mean yeah <laughs> basically yeah <laughs> I knew my <me> um, targets <laughs> um what was that so, so your first season in there um how did that sort of go for you um did you again did you sort of get off to a, a flyer again or was it difficult sort of to adjust um, I think the main thing for me, I was. it's weird now because I look at it and it's actually one of my best attributes now in the women's game. But back then I couldn't kick a ball. Like it would come to a goal kick and I'd be thinking that I'd start getting high pressed and I'd think, oh God, like, how am I going to show these now that I can kick the ball? It was just something that I really didn't work on. And my dad always said to me, look, work on it. But I was, I, I, as I got older, I got a bit embarrassed to go to the park and like start doing goal kicks and stuff. So um, yeah. yeah, it was, it was one of those. Yeah, yeah. But it's funny you say that because I, you know, I read one of your interviews recently, and that seems to be sort of the best part of your game now, doesn't it? Your distribution yeah. was that. Did you sort of work on that more, like from that sort of worrying during a game? Did you sort of realise that you needed to work on it? One, it was definitely because it was something I always thought about. But two, as I said there previously about the goalkeeper coaches, what what tended to happen was. I'd get maybe a goalie session twice a week and we'd train four or five times. And in those other three sessions, I'd join in with the outfield players. I'd be an end zone player. So I was always getting to do a lot with passing and stuff with my feet. And then I sort of went on to doing longer clips. And it's something that I've, I just thought, no, I need to go and wait away and work on this. And I'm, I'm thankful that I did. And yeah, I, I take pride in it now. Yeah, definitely. It's becoming more of a part, you know, more of a sort of need for a goalkeeper as well, isn't it, at the moment, to, to actually be able to play football as well as just keep the ball out of the net. Yeah, they're saying, like, that's what I'm, the modern-day goalkeeper sort yeah. of needs, isn't it? And, um, yeah, I think I'm, I'm I'm just happy that I went away and worked on that. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, I've got to hear that, um, was it your second season that you won the WSL2 title? Yeah. Um, I think... That season that I'd gone up with them, I was still like sort of training with them uh, prior to that. And then they got relegated and I was I was in a bit of a situation where like you look at it, don't you say, oh, we've been relegated, do I move on now? But I was only young. So my dad's like, look, just stay there and go through all, go, go through the experience with them. And then, um, yeah, that season we, I, I, I think we, we had a really good season actually, uh, ends up getting promoted and that's just something to sort of have on me CV, if you want to call it, which which I'm happy about since we've been a part of, yeah. Uh, what what was that like? You know, that sort of the whole se- did it did it go down to the wire that season, or were you just sort of solid the whole way through? No, I think it did go down to the wire. I think because we was Everton and we were playing teams lower than us. I think we were underestimating teams majorly when we were going into them games, and uh, I think. As a, as a whole, a collective, we all put pressure on ourselves. We knew we needed to get promotion. So I think I think that harmed us in a few ways as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's difficult, isn't it, over, over the whole season? Was it sort of like yeah. when you got that promotion, was it sort of like a weight lifted off all your shoulders because you're sort of back where you sort of belong being such a big club? Yeah, definitely. And you know the way sometimes people say, like, oh, we're the underdogs, we're this, we're that. We were we were never the underdogs. Whenever we were going into a team, they were always the underdogs. So every game that we played was kind of like, we we have to win this because 
it's for the club, isn't it? Yeah, mm. of course. Now we, we had we had a, a striker on the other day, and I so I asked the question that as a striker you you play, are you judged on your sort of the goals that you score or your performances? Now as a keeper, again, this is a bit of a stupid question, but you I can yeah. assume you can have a blinder of a game, can't you? And concede yeah. now. Are the coaches looking at you and other clubs potentially? And are they looking at your clean sheets or are they looking at your performances? If that makes sense. Well, in in the game right now, there's um there's a website that every manager can go on and it shows all your stats. But some of the stats they say like if it hits the crossbar, it's an it's an off target shot. So as a goalkeeper, that's a bit annoying because like it, at the end of the day, they're sort of part of us as well. But yeah, if it's yeah. a striker missing, you know what I mean. But um. Yeah, I think it, it, it's crazy because the, they can see everything about you now. They can click on left foot kicking and, and see what you're bad at, see what you're good at. And I think it is very overanalyzed now, the game. Um, but I think it's for anyone who sort of wants to scout yet or if they, even if they want to get rid of you, they can say, look, this is what she's bad at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, try and give themselves an excuse, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Um, so... Did, did you have much involvement of that season that you you then went up to the um to the to the the top league? Yeah, luckily I got to play every single game. Um, I think I don't even think we had a goalkeeper coach again that season. Um, I think it's weird, isn't it? Because you can say Everton and why didn't we have a goalie coach? But I think at the time because we just got promoted, I don't think we had much money at all. We had to get a few players in, and I think then they thought we don't need a goalie coach. And to me, that that's not good, but at the same time, we just had to get on with it, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, that's difficult. Again, yeah. we sort of, we sort of trying to work. Is that more that you've got to get away from training and away from the club? You've got to work on yourself more, then I suppose. Yeah, it felt like that. And to be honest, the person who warmed me up on a weekend was the manager's dad. So um, it it did feel like Sunday league again or something. But yeah, you just <laughs> you got to get on with it, haven't you? Could you tell? Could you tell the difference in standards? You know, from that season that you got promoted to the to the top, like it is. Was there a, a massive step up? Yeah, it's a it's a massive difference between. Um, so I'm in the championship now, back to back to what they was in. Um, and then when you do step up, you're back to playing with the world class players, those who were picked for their countries all the time. So there's not. I wouldn't say there's that many um, internationals in the championship, which clearly you can see the difference then between the two leagues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now, just again, um, touching on international football, I read somewhere that you sort of uh, is. Are you still sort of in, it, it sort of in uh, in limbo with playing for Scotland and England? Have you sort of decided that you're going to press towards or anything <laughs> like that? Yeah. Um. I think I'm gonna go with. I really want to play for Scotland. I think. Um. When I now look at the England goalkeepers, it's as if they want a certain like body type. Or I, I think for me, like I'm not the tallest person out there. I'm really not. Um, but in the women's game, I used to think in my head that doesn't matter. But maybe the England managers now sort of think that's the case. Um, and so be it sort of thing, isn't it? So my mum's always been the pushy one as well in terms of go to Scotland, whatever. And I, I, yeah, for me, yeah. yeah. Oh, brilliant, yeah. So, you know, um, as you sort of come to the end of your career at Everton, I saw I, I sort of read that they, they brought in a few new goalkeepers on that promotion. Mm -hmm. So there was three of you. Yeah. Are you sort of... Again, you're on the other end of the stick there now, aren't you? Because yeah. are you looking at them as competition or are you just the type that would sort of welcome them in, like, you know, and help them yeah. out? 
I'm a bit of both. I think uh, one was a 33-year-old goalkeeper, so I thought, God, she's got experience on me here, but I learned a lot from her. Like, she's a great person to be around. And then the other goalkeeper that came in was the same one that me and her used to play. Do you remember when we were talking about the FA Cup game that we played in? It was me and her back then. So it, it was weird that she'd come back and sort of like, it, yeah, it's as if I remember exactly what she was like. So she was like a friend just joining again. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's about the competition, isn't it? And at that time, it was kind of crunch time, whether who's going to be playing out the three of us. And look, they only put one on the bench, don't they? So not all of us could be involved in the squad. And yeah, it, it, that's what kind of like took me to me end of career at Everton sort of thing. And yeah. Is there a, is there a, like, um, do Everton have a reserve side or is there a reserve league or anything? You know, like, uh, let's say yeah. if, you didn't, if you didn't get a, get a shot on a Saturday, could you mm-hmm. go and play, you know, play for the reserves on the same weekend? Yeah, there is a reserves league, yeah. Um, I think it's up to you whether you want to go and play for them or not. They have their own goalkeepers and stuff. But I think, yeah, it's just down to you personally, yeah. So obviously you've spent you know the majority of your career at Everton. How difficult was it, you know, to make the decision and you know your contract came to an end? Yeah. Was it sort of a difficult decision to make to leave and sort of go on to a new club? Definitely, I think the main thing for me was Everton was like home. It was I used to drive there, taking me half an hour to train, and um, and then I could go back with my family and just chill out. And then I started thinking in my head, like, God, I'm actually going to maybe have to move away here and mature and get my own house. And I just, honestly, effing was just very overwhelming. Pay for bills, like, you know, I just didn't even know how to do that type of stuff. And I was thinking about that before, what team I even wanted to go to. And back when, in the second half of the season at Everton, around January to May time, um, Leicester actually asked if I wanted to go on loan that season, as well as Tottenham. And I kind of said no to both. Um, I just didn't want to move away from home. I think I was so stuck on just being loyal to Everton as a, a team. Um, and then I'm very lucky that Leicester kind of came back when my contract was over. I mean, they could have completely cut me off because I said no to them, but it was for a personal reason, a family and stuff. So it wasn't like, yeah. no, no to that team. No, of yeah. course. So, yeah. I mean, again, before I do forget, um, yeah. it's, it's quite sort of, you, you played for Everton at the sort of the top level while balancing a university degree. Oh, God, what was yeah. that like? Because I think <laughs> we've had we've obviously had um, Adam on um, and a few other players who've done the same. Obviously, you're playing at the top level of the women's game. How, how mm. difficult is that? Because I think it's overlooked sometimes that, that players do do um, both. Yeah. I mean, I've said to a lot of people in the interviews, in my first year at university, I think I was 17 or 18. So it was I was at a stage where, like, football... I was going to football training, coming home and then going out on a night out for uni and getting away with it because I'd go to training the next night. Back then we was only part-time, so I'd get, I could get away with that. But then that's when I started taking football seriously. I thought, right, now I actually need to knuckle down. Um, and then luckily during the last two years of uni, I was only in twice a week and they were my off days. So it, it sort of all came together. It was, it was like it was meant to happen sort of thing. And then, uh, yeah, I graduated and... I, I mean, going back to uni right now would be the worst thing. It would be stress of, <laughs> yeah, too much stress of all that stuff. But I did enjoy uni, definitely. And it it was easy to manage, but I, right now it would not be. Yeah. Nah, nah. So, you, like you say then, when you got released from, 
uh, not really. So, so when you when you leave um, Everton, yeah. sorry, um, did you have sort of obviously Leicester approached you? Was there any other clubs that approached you when you left? Um, so my so we all have agents at the women's in the women's game, and they're the ones who kind of like reach out to clubs and stuff. And for me, I didn't want to move too far away from home, but I knew um, if I was to like progress in my football, I was going to have to. And for me, you mean you mean you look at the top two free teams and to play for someone like Chelsea that's just a dream isn't it things like that but I didn't realise how good this journey was going to be with Leicester and things like that so I'm glad I've made this decision to come to Leicester and it's kind of taught me to like grow up a little bit and things like that but the agents are normally the ones you know who deal with all the like contract talking and get you know them type of things yeah what is it sort of like having an agent like, you know, because they sort of almost take the pressure off you having to deal with anything. Like, ha- ha- what is that sort of like? Um, It's kind of just like, it is kind of like having a friend. Like, if something's annoying you in football that day, you can just go home and, like, text them and he'll just listen to it and then kind of give you the professional response of how to act sort of thing rather yeah. than, you know, going moaning or whatever. Um, He's the one who sorts, like, all the deal. He sorts the living arrangements, the money, like... Honestly, it's so good to have an agent because they are the one who deal with the buddies. Um, and then they have all the answers as well. So it's kind of mm. like he just does the whole job for you. Yeah, it's great. There's a bit of a sort of blurred sort of uh, image of them, you know, in the media. Yeah. No, yeah. a lot of people, if you don't sort of do much reading into it, you're not entirely sure what they actually do. And yeah. you know, so there's it's a bit strange in that sense as to their perception. You you get people, don't you, who think they could probably do that role themselves. But at the same time, I don't know. For me personally, I would want one, but you you do get people out there who kind of just say they're an agent, but probably don't do that much. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, obviously, um, Leicester, the the, Mm -hmm. the sort of newly professional side, was that your first, at Everton, um, were you ever on a professional contract or was it always sort of part-time or towards the back end did it become professional? been on a professional contract I think it was like for three or four years yeah yeah since we since we went what, what, on what's that season, like being a pro it was weird like I remember writing my first Instagram post and I w- everyone was like congratulating me but I just don't think it had sunk in that like this is the point now where I'm like oh hang on this this is my career now I don't need to go and work and do go do something with my uni degree it was it was weird but obviously at the same time brilliant yeah I, I can imagine so Moving down to Leicester, did you know any sort of any other players down there? Was there anyone that you sort of crossed even playing against during your career or was it sort of just totally, totally new? So I got to come with a girl who also, whose contract ran out at Everton, Hannah Kane. Um, so part of me was really happy that she come because it felt a bit like I'm taking someone from Everton with me. So it still felt like home a little bit. And then some of the girls here now I've been on England camps with in the past. So that again, it it just familiar faces, isn't it? Yeah. Was it was it was it still sort of daunting going into a new side, especially after getting used to Everton for for a number of years? I think the main thing was how to act. I didn't know whether to like come across as someone who's dead professional, someone who can have a laugh. Like you just don't know what type of person that a new team sort of wants you to be, and you had to find that middle ground of. And then I ends up having a conversation with the manager and kind of just saying like, look do you want me to act in any way like I'm a, I'm a misbehaving do you know what I mean sort of thing yeah <laughs> so you said then sort of 
is it all sorted out by your agent, you know, where you're living or do you, do you have to go house hunting and all sorts of things like that? Um, so they sorted like housing, um, like what I'm going to do in terms of what area and stuff, but I still had to find it and it was so stressful. I remember traveling down um, last summer during like all the lockdown period and um, just having to like look at houses in Leicester and it's so much more expensive than up there in Liverpool and Birkenhead, honestly, like. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, yeah it, it's crazy but at the same time I was excited you know to just start like a new journey sort of thing and I, I'm not someone who wants to move about teams I like to stay somewhere and then yeah so that's why I needed to make sure that Leicester was definitely the place that uh, I wanted to come to yeah yeah of course now you, you sort of touched then again on lockdown how has that affected sort of your, your own career you know is it is it been a massive change in football especially a professional environment you know what what effect is it hard um I think my, me and my best mate from Everton during the lockdown periods were still um trying to do like sessions and and she had me running because she's a striker so for me I was just like right I don't want to run today but okay I'll run and then I remember coming to Leicester yeah thinking I've done so much running I'm going to be dead fit today and I, I was absolutely blowing on like the first week I thought right I've done something wrong here and it was just hard you know getting back into it and you can never ever um train um, how you'd play in a game so it's kind of like you, you forgot them type of situations and positioning that was really hard but I think just as long as I was getting to still go out and kick a ball that that made my lockdown yeah yeah of, of course um I, I, and again me and Hodge were touching upon it just before you came on you've got you sort of got off to a flyer this year as well how has this season been for you top of the league game in hand um it's been sort of been yeah. going well yeah I'm absolutely loving it here I feel like I think one it's just the fact I'm playing uh, every game again and I'm in a really nice environment um and I think it really helps when you've got a goalkeeper coach and all the staff that actually believe in you um they don't really know your weaknesses again they've probably looked at that stats thing the website I told you about but at the same time, it's kind of a fresh start. So you're getting to go in and show them what you're about and they're the ones that'll tell you what you need to improve. But yeah, I'm 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 absolutely loving it and we know that our aim is promotion. So yeah, we're not shy to say yeah. that. So is that sort of okay, I was about to ask sort of about future plans. Is that sort of what the goal is at Leicester to sort of make sure you make make your way up to that top league and then compete with the club likes of Chelsea and teams like that? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think we know we've got a long way to go in terms of what we've got six games left and each game we've we've got to win. Like I think, yeah, we're putting pressure on ourselves, but at the same time, it's good pressure. We need to do it. Like a lot of us now we're all we age between like nineteen, there's a few thirty year olds, like we're we're at our stage in our career where now this is like the crunch time. We don't really want to stay in this league. Um, next year if we had to so that's why I think we're pushing so much to get that promotion yeah yeah uh, of course I mean by the looks of it hopefully you'll you'll be able to get there like um yeah. also saw um on your on your on your Twitter that um you've got sort of players like um that've been in the men's game like Emil Heskey um yeah. sort of work with you and I think did you at Everton did you have sort of David Unsworth um yeah working, working with working with your team what's that like to have you know people who played you know, at that at the highest level, um, in in the men's game as well, sort of working with you. Can you sort of gain experience off them? Yeah, I think it's I think it's a it paints a great picture to everyone out there, um, in the women's game that it is growing. 
I think David Unsworth, he was our manager at one point of the Arsenal. I think that was the best game I think I've ever played. Um, it was like, you just want to impress them so much to a point where like, it's actually quite scary. It's like, you know what I mean? They're not going to be your manager yeah. forever, but you just want to give that good impression. Um, but no, 100%, they've got, a, they've got a hell of a lot of experience. And then you've got a meal. Yeah, he's really... He, He's mainly with the strikers, helping them do their thing and just giving them confidence. Like, that's what players need, isn't it? And, you know, coming from a Premier League guy, why not? Yeah, of yeah. course, of course. Mm. So we, we've, we've covered pretty much everything you've been there, Kirsty, and as I say, it's yeah. uh, pretty incredible what you've achieved, at, you know, even at the age that you're at, still still very young. Now, what, what we do at the end of um, each podcast, we do a few quick-fire questions, if, if that's all right with you, just about okay. footy and that. Is okay. that all right? Yeah. Uh, Quick I'll fire, but I'll probably be dead slow answering. Like, eh. that's fine. That's <laughs> don't worry, don't worry. Right. <laughs> um, Go on, Hodge, take it away, mate. Right. Um, first one. Uh, if you could give one one bit of advice to a young girl who wants to make her way in the game, what would it be? Um, I would say enjoy it and don't look back if you don't think that you've made the right decision, just keep moving forward um, and not to put pressure on yourself too much because there's always other opportunities around the corner. Fantastic, fantastic. Um, what would be your best moment in football so far? Best moment would be probably reaching the FA Cup semi-final of the Arsenal um, because obviously we, if we'd have won that, we'd have mm. gone to Wembley or it probably would be the European qualifiers in that semi-final getting beat again um, not the luckiest am I but I mean I think this season's our season yeah fingers crossed yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, another one have you ever when, you, when you've joined the new club uh, have you ever had to do any, any initiations yeah I had to do one don't know why Everton made me do one actually when I joined um, the seniors but I'd done it with four girls. I think it was, a, you know, that song, it's like, candy. And I had to like dance and I was so embarrassed. <laughs> but Leicester haven't made us do one here. So I'm, I'm oh. made, you know what, though? I'm actually willing to do one here. Like I'll, I'd do probably JLS or something. JLS. Yeah. I was, was going to say, if you had to pick a song, what would it be? <laughs> probably like JLS, beat, what is it? Beat again. Like, I don't know. I just want to dance and sing. I, I, you've just got to go for it, haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> um. Right. Uh, we've got another one. What is the best stadium that you've played in so far? Anfield, definitely yeah. Anfield. Yeah. I mean, I could. I, I would have to say Goodson as well, but Anfield just tops it. Yeah. Right. Okay. And then the last Hodge, one. Hodges Hodges made up there, Kirsty, because he's actually played there himself with the school. <laughs> hey, Nave, honestly, it's not about quiet. it's not about me, Nave. It's about Kirsty today. <laughs> you don't have to tell people I've played Anfield, honestly. You don't. Um right, last one. Uh if there's one thing you could change about football, what would it be? VAR, VAR, nah, I think, I think I never want that in the women's game. I think there'd just be too, way too many more penalties and stuff like that. But if I could change one thing about football, um, oh, that's a hard question, that you know. It's a tough one to finish. One thing about football. Oh, 
I'm so I, glad, I, I'm so glad really you've got that thinking about Anfield, by the way, Nate. Sorry, just going back to that. <laughs> I wanted to no, say it myself, I but I, I couldn't. We've had, we've had, we've had like Tuesday night games um, and, and things like that that people would change just to give you, just to give you a bit of a clue. Yeah. Um, you know me, I don't like a night game, so right, I would, I would change probably our match days to a Saturday afternoon instead of a Sunday afternoon at two o'clock. Keep yeah, our yeah, Sundays yeah. free, I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, that's all. Is that all done, Hodge? Yeah. 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 So we'll, we'll wrap it up there, Kirsty. Thank you very much for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Really appreciate your time and that. Thank you. No, it's all right. It's my off day anyway. So, um, yeah, got nothing planned. Yeah. Nice one. Thank you. Brilliant. Right. Thanks Thank for coming on. For no worries. No Thank you. Well, that was Passing Groove. Many thanks to everyone who has listened if you got this far. We'll be back weekly with more episodes. In the meantime, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram. All the links will be in the description. Feel free to message us with any feedback or comments. Again, many thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Thank you.